to another episode of the Two Dudes Podcast. I'm Reg. I'm Randy, is what Randy would say if that chair wasn't empty, but, you know, he's off, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, on the campaign trail. God knows what he's doing, but he's he's going to hopefully pop in and out, but for now, he is uh, incommunicado. So, just picture him there. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're the two idiots where we're trying to figure out the world one conversation at a time, and in so doing, we're going to do our very best to um, to continue that trend by basically we're coming up on Pride Month. This episode will drop on the first week of Pride Month, um, <clears throat> which is the month of June, if my research holds. And uh, the goal of Pride Month on the Two Days Podcast is to have conversations with LGBTQ folks, advocates, people within the community and not, and uh, to hear their stories and, and just have a conversation. And on that note, welcome here, Mira. Thanks, Rich. It's, uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, is it though? Is it though? I'm never quite sure if people are sincere. Well, it's kind of been a long time coming. Yeah, it has. Like we've been classmates now for most of the year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, perfect. So then, yeah, w- w- before we begin, I like to get, uh, I've been doing this thing the last few episodes where. I asked the guests to obviously introduce themselves, maybe tell something about themselves, and also uh, name their favorite movie. Oh, man. That's probably (laughs) the hardest part. That's what everybody (laughs) says. But I feel like it gives a a bit of a window into what we might expect from from the guests. Okay. Um, (laughs) So my name is Mira. I am from Winnipeg. And I still live in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm probably in a minority of people who think it's a, an awesome city. Um, <laughs> which probably <laughs> says more about me than a lot of what's to come. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I am a queer person. I am two-spirit. I'm transgender. Um, I am Métis. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a physics student at, <laughs> at the school where, where, uh, Reg and I attend. So, yep. um, In the yeah, I guess, I guess more generally I'm a, I'm a student, um, kind of right now focusing on mathematics and linguistics. That's, um, Yeah. But I'm also really eclectic. I, I'm a creative person. I make a lot of art, write books, play music. Um, yeah, it's. I find it hard to sum up, and also well, hard is... to hard to sell myself. <laughs> I'm I'm in the same boat. People will ask about the show or about if anything's focusing directly on me. I'm like deflect, deflect, deflect. But just um, uh, to, to a brief synopsis. I mean, I went to your your Wattpad. Because I, I remember seeing that you had been um, you won some awards and stuff. So basically, to give people some idea, I'm going to read a little bit of your your bio blurb from Wattpad. Um, so basically, in your words, in the waking dream, I am known as a musician, gamer, gastronome, community builder, and steward of the earth. I have the privilege to study mathematics, linguistics, which is ironic that I stumbled on, um, and permaculture. The honor to work in the field of indigenous language revitalization polyglot and polymath in training at pagan so 
I don't know what many of those words mean, but it's interesting. It's it's definitely some insight into the intersections of where you connect, if that makes sense. So, good choice um, of word. I think it's going to yeah. come up a lot. I think it will. Yeah, I, I was thinking yeah. about that a lot. And to some people, it means more. To some other people, it means less. Um, but before we move on, what's and to most, it means a bit of both. <laughs> That's Sorry. true. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, hit us with your favorite movie, Mira. Right. Um, I can't commit to a favorite. Okay. Um, I really... Most recent movie I watched, in case I can't think of a favorite, most recent movie I watched was uh, Ghost in the Shell 2, Innocence. But uh, yeah, off the top of my head, a movie I really like is... Um, School of Rock. <laughs> good choice. Good choice. It really shows the, I don't know how to pluralize the, the eclecticness, the eclecticism, eclecticness of, uh, of what makes up Mira Kolodka. Um, and again, my, my intro would have included exactly that, 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 uh, your indigenous Polish writer, musician, you know, uh, like you say, two spirit, transgender. I don't. What's the What's the difference? Is there Is there a difference? If we can get right into it, between two spirit and transgender, between, are they just synonymous? Um, well, both are very like broad categories. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, to me, trans identity is kind of comprise um, binary trans people. Um, gender fluid people, agender people, non-binary people, um, two-spirit people, which is uh, specific, of course, to Indigenous folks here in Turtle Island. Um, so, yeah, two large categories, but I would say out of the two, transness is the larger. Okay. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, and again, as as I mentioned when we first started to get into um, when we were discussing what we would talk about to go on the show, um, one of the goals of the Two Aids podcast, it is, as it seems to have naturally progressed, is to kind of sneak in kind of progressive topical things that may or may not reach the local zeitgeist. You know, as, as case in point, transgender uh, issues or transgender rights or even just LGBTQ sex, gender anything of that sort tends to kind of get, I don't know, it doesn't get any airtime in this town for, for obvious reasons. Um, so that's kind of why I'm, I'm glad that I was able to get you on. And to be perfectly honest, I've spent much of my life being, there's a blind spot regarding, um, transgender lives, really. Um, I'm to start off to preface, I'm, I'm in the firmly in the camp of live in whatever way makes a person happy and content and and to find peace i'm whatever that is called i'm totally open for it <clears throat> and you know rah rah for the home team right but i i'd never um i'd never interacted with a transgender person that i was aware of i had never really dove into it so i'm really glad we get the opportunity to discuss it with you who you've gone through um many of those those pathways so thank you for joining us <laughs> Of course, um, 
And I think something important to touch on there is um, you're right that there is a lot of, or there's a, there's a significant lack of representation of trans perspectives and trans people in media, um, in a lot of communities. And I myself have suffered for it because growing up, I was never exposed to these perspectives. I, um, I simply didn't know that um, you could like live in such a way. And there were a lot of things that I was feeling that I had no way had no frame of reference for. I couldn't like comprehend what I was going through. And um, yeah, it resulted in a lot of pain and confusion for me. Of course. Well, and even, I think it's, <clears throat> it's important to, to mention as well that in many ways, people get grouped, categorized, which is only natural. It happens all the time. Um, whether or not it's often not fair and it's very prejudicial and, and whatever else, but much like in the political sense where it's all, you're trying to get the Latino vote or you're trying to get the white vote or the black vote or this, that, and the other thing, many p- distinct groups get included, um, like LGBTQ, I don't know all the rest, plus two, S, I, all, all the, all the added parts to that acronym. Um, so from your perspective, I mean, maybe this is too early to get into this part portion of it, but being a part of the, the quote, you know, the collective, um, is there some friction there for you? In terms of, uh, how my identity fits in with other people's perceptions of it. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I see an arm. Oh, Randy's back. I see a torso. Hello. (laughs) Hey, look at him. He's here. Hello. Howdy. (laughs) Very nice to meet you. Mira, Randy, Randy, Mira. Buddy kid. Glad you can make it. <laughs> yes, I am here. Emergency. I feel emergency. like I'm having the complete two idiots experience now. <laughs> You're getting, yeah, now you get the total package. Surround yeah. sound, Dolby Digital. You're getting all the. <laughs> so, uh, Reg, I think this is good timing because um, I, I think I would benefit from having you kind of reframe the question, like uh, sure. rephrasing it possibly, because I, I feel like I can give a better answer, and I'm just sure. going to close. A window while you do that okay so basically what i was what i was thinking is in many ways like i said the the people outside of the communities tend to just group all the separate categories into one amalgamated thing so then progressives can say i'm pro lgbtq rights or whatever without actually breaking that down into what in each individual thing may or may not want and there might be there likely is from what i've heard tension between even being grouped together at all and it's sort of like an outside construct and i'm just curious as a transgender queer person within that construct you know what kind of pitfalls or minefields does does that generally cause for you if at all Um, it might be totally comfortable to be a part of the group i'm not sure i'll start off by acknowledging that i'm a very privileged person Mm -hmm. um i feel relatively safe expressing myself and my identity to people. And um, if I don't feel represented or uh, misrepresented by something someone says, then usually I'm in a position to um, make that correction if if I'm willing to. And I think a lot of uh, what you're touching on kind of comes down to giving voice to marginalized groups 
yeah. um, regardless of what demographic they happen to belong to. If they, um, if there are people talking about them that aren't part of that group, especially if they're presuming to uh, craft policy or make decisions that affect them, then I think there should be some red flags going off for, yeah. for the average person. Right. Um, just, uh, yeah, giving people voices, um, giving people the ability to express their needs and um, be properly accounted for when, uh, when they don't, uh, when they don't always have that opportunity. 100%. And I, I think there is some benefit for those categories being a thing or, or for the, the grouping of it to be a thing on a very base level. You know, it's a, it's a kind of a jumping off point to say I'm in favor of this and that means that. Um, but without getting, especially if you're doing policy decisions and, and whatnot, um, it's important to, to really drill down um, on that note. That's, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that's uh, really how I feel about labels in general. Like mm-hmm. they exist mostly as a reference point like you can say you're this but it shouldn't define the totality of what you are yeah which right. i think partially is why i tend to use so many of them because well, i was gonna say that's exactly a fuller picture that's why i like it because it i i also don't think it's necessarily true or necessarily that it has to be that you being transgender to spirit queer needs to be like the what makes you 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 know what i mean right. like we're all a bit of everything and uh, why should it like if it, that that would be as if me going around and be like, oh, you're a straight guy, um, and that that's it, that's all you are, you know. And then you're we know how you're gonna do this, that, and the other thing, and and mm-hmm. that's all we need to know. Um, and I think uh, I think also that is part of why I hesitate almost when someone asks me to introduce myself, like I did at the start of the show, especially <laughs> on today's episode when. Um, like we're talking explicitly about these things. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to not mention it. And I tend to like to mention it, but I don't want it to be like the first thing. Usually I don't want that to be like what someone hears and they're like, okay, I'm going to judge you on this basis regardless yeah. of what you say afterward. And I think it's also, um, it's important to mention that, because, that uh, yeah. we're go. you know, you're not speaking for everyone as a rule or everyone as a whole but your personal experience is what we're shooting for. I don't want you to be. Yeah, exactly right. That's what we're shooting for here. (laughs) Um, General or personal stories. That's what it is with. And if it touches on a broader thing, great. Wonderful. Um, Speaking of personal stories, what um, maybe let's get into that a little bit Uh, again, because we should probably preface it to say that Randy and I are both straight white males. um, Whatever that means. Um, I, yeah, maybe we're on, on some level on the spectrum of, of sexuality that might differ from others. I don't know, but in general, It'd be open that, to being surprised. Yeah. I, I, think to I started watching F1 recently and I have such a crush on Lewis Hamilton and I don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't even know what F1 is. <laughs> <laughs> Formula one racing, Formula one racing, oh, okay. but one of the drivers. Um, but anyway, so maybe let's, let's start from, Kind of how how it began the the feelings that you had or the the confusion that you had as as a child or as a kid kind of working your way into finding your identity. Uh yeah, I guess just like a lot of um, 
passivity in that like people would tell me um who i was or who i was supposed to be and mm -hmm. i would um i wouldn't like really agree with it but i just like go along with it um so i'm a really like cere cerebral person like there's a lot of activity going on internally <laughs> here yeah, right um so it was natural for me to kind of um delve into um more abstract uh, pursuits. Um, like I played a lot of video games growing up. I really liked um, like world building and drawing maps and uh, just like imagine imaginative play and that kind of thing. Um, because for me, that was where I got to express myself um, in being creative. I was able to have a world where I could like explore parts of myself um, keep it private if i wanted to and uh um yeah just do things and be people that i never could in this common consensus reality that we inhabit right um so yeah that that really helped me um it still helps me um process things and uh learn more about myself and and grow yeah i and think it'll help others too I'm, I'm realizing that's that's huge and and again i hope that anybody listening to this like the main thought or the main through line of everything we're hoping to do during pride month um and just in general is that live your authentic self whatever that means to you is um there's nothing wrong with it i mean obviously if it's criminal or you know maybe maybe don't do psychopathic things if you can help it but um but in general on a day-to-day -day thing that's sort of what we, what we want to do and i think it's important to mention that as an idiot um case in point the title um i very likely will step on toes or use the wrong terms or use this that and the other and i wanted to just blanket that and say from the beginning that no offense meant to anybody listening or specifically to you mira that you know i, I want us to have a, an open conversation and, and discussion but i don't uh, i don't mean any offense if i use the wrong terms and that's okay to me the intent is what matters if you're making an effort to oh my accommodate someone <laughs> and uh yeah make them feel respected that's the big thing um yeah yeah that's good i that's like that you touched on that you touched on video games as kind of an outlet for for that because i think that is a good a good way to like for people to process especially like you said world building where you can kind of map out different ideas and and just kind of think along as you're doing the building but also for people who do like are big into role-playing games like i think people yeah. who play eve online yes. and and those kind of games where you can create whatever character you want and make it a, a true representation of yourself if you're in say a household or a part of society where you can't openly express that i think it's a great outlet for people to just be like this is who i am and this is who i wish people could see and maybe they can't see it right now but hopefully in the future it will be better where they can see this part of me yeah <clears throat> absolutely um and there's a lot to be said for having that space to experiment to like it might not because obviously video game worlds uh, to stick with the example, have their own sets of constraints that you 100%. have to work, work within. And um, yeah, I, I believe that identity in general is just a very fluid thing. Like mm -hmm. even if you're 
even if your experimentation is visible and in the real world, um, it's still very like temporary. Yeah. Everything we do is temporary. Ethereal. Um, so with, so with that, so you, you kind of, you were growing up and, and trying to figure yourself out. I mean, maybe this is too basic of a question, but I think the general thought um, of a lot of people that aren't in the know as far as trans- transgender-ness um, is basically the thought that you basically quote one gender trapped in another gender's body, which is really reductionist maybe, but that's kind of the general thought. So is that sort of the feeling that you had uh, kind of growing up trying to parse your way through it? Um, <laughs> um, there was no one feeling. Okay. It was just, um, yeah, I can't really speak for, uh, like adolescent Miro's experience, for instance, it was a lot of different stuff happening and, um, a lot of pain, a lot of confusion. There were happy moments too. Um, but generally like no concrete or no, uh, stable sense of identity outside of like what I enjoyed doing. Um, like I, I liked playing music and I liked playing video games and I liked, uh, wandering the neighborhood with my fellow hooligans. That was like, <laughs> I know the feeling uh, yeah. that yeah. was like the longest short of my identity. Cause it kept me away from like, um, thinking about these things. Sure. So I guess, I guess like a good way of looking at it is you can, you can say it however you like as comprehensively or as reductively as you like. Um, but in the moment, especially when you don't have the um, knowledge for being able to um, process what's going on. Um, It doesn't really um, feel that way, you know, because if you, if you can't express it or if you can't articulate it in those terms, if you've never heard of such perspective, um, it kind of more feels like a formless, uh, like trouble that's that's hovering over you or like uh, floating within you than uh, than anything else. Yeah. Um, right. But, but later on, of course, once I started to read those perspectives, and in my experience, yeah, those those most basic ones are generally the first ones you come across, um, just because they're so uh, well known um, and increasingly ubiquitous. But uh, yeah, as I as I came across them myself, they resonated with me, and one one step leads to another. You could say, yeah. you learn yeah, more. Absolutely. Yeah, and so even so, as you, I mean, you were uh, a gender assigned at birth is the terminology I believe as a male, if I'm correct in assuming. Um, yeah, and so then. Again, I think it's it's very commonly thought that it's just, you know, you flick the switch and suddenly you're a man and now you're a woman or you're a woman and now you're a man. Um, but then when you really dive into it, um, I recently listened to a, a Dax Shepard podcast with a lady named Susan Stryker. She's um, an LGBT advocate, writer, historian, um, or trans act uh, activist, writer, historian. And again, re- when they were getting into the 
the fluidity of or or the wrongness of of our thought of gender as like this concrete thing which a lot of people again growing up that was what i knew that's what what mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. i knew knew and that's what you would hear stories of you know hermaphrodites or whatever that meant and transvestites and whatever that meant and cross dressing and there was all these different buzzwords but they didn't really they they were portrayed in a negative way and but you never really even looked into them at all and they were just sort of like a an oddity to be aware of but without actually understanding um but i think it's interesting to mention just how there's really no concrete anything <laughs> especially regarding gender identity um sexuality where those things connect and intersect and crisscross and everything it's so very fluid so mm-hmm. was there a moment in your journey some sort of epiphany where you're suddenly like this is who i am or is it still an ongoing process probably as it should be um kind of a bit of both um personally for me like because i um there's similar for me as for you like um i was taught that things were a lot more like concrete than they really are um i had internalized a lot of um of that perspective which made it hard for me to accept that part of my identity right yeah. so once i started to learn more there was a lot of denial for me to work through um so it was kind of fits and starts almost maybe that's not the right way of putting it but uh, a very right. non-linear non-linear process to mm-hmm. to get to a point where i actually felt i could do something about it interesting interesting right. and so then what what was that experience like i mean it as anybody growing up um <laughs> we have we have our 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 phases or our our things that you know oh suddenly i'm gonna wear this every day and maybe it's weird looking back you're like well, what the fuck is that mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm wondering if there was a similarness to cause especially when it's front facing or when it's public facing um was there like what was that experience like of finding yourself and kind of going through those motions publicly well i uh I think I had personally become so wrapped up myself internally that a lot of the early um, experiments, for lack of a better word, or um, In a lot of the yeah, a lot of the early progress that I made was invisible uh, to most other people. Like, um, like I think there was stuff that I started to do before I even had the vocabulary for it. Like I started growing up my hair and I didn't even, I hadn't even considered questioning my gender identity at the time. It's just something that I had always wanted to do. Um, and yeah, that kind of stuff that like, as a, as a guy, you can like get away with, you know, Uh, Oh yeah. I look, yeah. (laughs) Um, but uh yeah i think in terms of outwardly expressing my identity it's still something that i'm i'm working on like mm-hmm. i i wear a lot of t-shirts <laughs> like i i bought this shirt when i was eight years old <laughs> <laughs> and uh um yeah so I'm, I'm just like slowly transitioning my wardrobe 
I'm working on my voice, even though this is like very close to the masculinized default that I've been using for time immemorial. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lifelong thing. As, again, as personal growth should be, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so then with yeah. speaking of your voice or, or maybe again, I'm trying to always come from, I'm trying to come with these questions from kind of my own ignorance and just general ignorance. Um, what is the process of, of changing your voice and kind of what are you hoping to achieve with that? All right. Well, this is something, I mean, I guess like a lot of trans topics um, have a lot of misconceptions surrounding them, but voice has some interesting ones. Mm. Um, so basically when someone um, goes through puberty or when a, a male goes through puberty, um, when their body has an increase in testosterone and it causes their vocal folds to thicken and um, become looser, I believe. Okay. Um, and that effectively causes the voice to drop in pitch and to resonate in the chest cavity more. Right. Um, lower down rather than like thinner and glassier, for instance. Um, and that is an irreversible change. Um, so trans men or people, trans masculine people um, who take exogenous testosterone um, to transition medically will have that naturally happen. So their adult voice might not be um, what we consider to be masculine by default, um, but taking testosterone will naturally uh, do that for them. For trans feminine people, conversely, people such as myself, um, hormone replacement cannot undo those changes to voice that have already occurred. Um, so it becomes necessary to, um, to train, to learn techniques, to, um, raise the pitch of one's voice, but also change the shape of the resonating chamber, um, so that it sounds more conventionally feminine, basically. And, um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of theory and practice, um, but the cool thing is when you get it down, it becomes unconscious. Like it's just your, your automatic voice. Well, right. cool. it's, just, it's just a matter of getting there. Is that, yeah. is that something that, <clears throat> that you're doing for yourself or to blend in kind of within the, I guess the, the gender norm of what you might be shooting for. And I don't know if that's a off limits question, but I'm just, just thought of it. Well, that touches almost on a whole other kind of words. Like, uh, I guess what you said about if you're not one, then you're the other, the whole binary thinking, like, mm-hmm. uh, like a trans person is someone who's the opposite gender that they were assigned at birth and they want to, yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of the perspective that I had when I first started transitioning. Like yeah. I had a really incomplete knowledge of gender and, of um, like non-binary identities and how diverse and um, uh, yeah, how diverse that that these expressions and these um, self-identities could be. So my goal initially was to um, 
transition in a way that would have me blend in effectively. Like, uh, because I, because I identified at the time as a binary trans woman. Um, so if someone asked me, I would say like, yeah, I'm a woman. That's the long or the short of it. I'm I'm transitioning. Mm -hmm. Um, and as I transitioned and met certain challenges and learned more and met people, um, I grew to understand that there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot more nuance to, um, this, this aspect of ourselves that we call gender. Um, and so like, I, it kind of took the pressure off in terms of, um, feeling like I had to, uh, conform to this like ideal of how a woman should appear, for instance. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it kind of made me feel a lot more at ease in terms of, um, still being able to wear my old t-shirts and talk with a deep voice and that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. um, to answer your question, the voice training specifically is something that I would like to do for myself because um, like most of the time I'm okay with it because I'm used to this voice. It works for me. Um, people listen to what I have to say, but, um, I do feel it gives the wrong idea about like who I am and what I'm about. And, um, I personally don't like resonate with it perfectly. So, um, I, I feel like it holds me back in that way. Like, um, it's a, it's a confidence thing. There are a lot of situations I can think of where I would have liked to have said something, but, um, didn't speak up because I didn't want to draw attention to myself in that way. Um, or just like, um, being able to like speak louder or more expressively because, um, where my voice is at right now, it almost feels like unwieldy and, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't reflect, um, the way I want to express myself. So yeah, there's a lot of work to be done in terms of, um, trial and error, finding what's best for me, what works best for me. And, uh, as you, as you might imagine, that can be a pretty emotional process. Absolutely. 100%. I think it's it's helpful to remember that, or actually not even to remember, but for a lot of people that I know personally, they spout a lot of nonsense about transgender issues or LGBTQ things in general as though it's nonsense or that it's this or it's that um, without even pretending or trying to see the other side, empathizing, anything. And I think the easiest way to get uh, for people that are not, um, aware of any of it is to just picture almost everything in the world on a spectrum like nuance is hard everybody wants everything to be binary because it's easy it's this it's that mm-hmm. it's black it's white it's guy it's girl it's whatever because it's easy um and in many ways that's what makes it easy to prejudice uh, be prejudiced prejudiced yeah, against people yeah nobody wants to put the work in anymore yeah so i think it's important to remember that because we I, I had a high school teacher who i would assume was a male and a really high pitched voice, like with, especially with voices, like with anything else on a spectrum, um, the manliest of manly, whatever that means, guy could have a super high voice and the inverse. You hear the same thing of, of, uh, you know, what you would generally subscribe as a 
you know, really feminine person has a really low voice. I mean, whatever helps you feel comfortable, all the power to you. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's important to know that things are fluid and can move. Um, Yeah. That's sort of, that's, that's that point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's an important, an important point. Yeah. Yeah. I I just uh, like hearing myself talk. Yeah. Categories and (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you do. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't actually, I just talk a lot and then I try not to listen to myself. Yeah. Rich is typically the talker. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Like how do you, how do you find being out and about now? Um, just walking every day as yourself now, as opposed to in your adolescent stage when you're still figuring it out now, like, is there a different confidence to you? Um, are people, you know, possibly saying, do you notice any jeers from anybody coming more now that you did in your adolescent days? Cause I feel like the attitude as a whole towards, uh, trans people and LGBT and all that is, is getting better than it was in, in the past. So how's that experience for you just day to day going out and about? Uh, before I answer your question, Brad, I just want to clarify mm-hmm. when I said, at least you do, I didn't mean that I don't, <laughs> I was referring to myself with my voice, uh, fair enough. <laughs> but Randy, that's a good question. Um, I, I would say I've kind of always kept myself when I'm going out and, um, it's very much in my comfort zone to like dress in a way that's um, that's inconspicuous. Um, like I'm really, I don't like to draw attention to myself generally. Like unless, like Reg knows how I am in class. Like I'm always talking and like <laughs> just bullshitting basically. And um, the thing with that is like I'm in a room full of people that I know right. and that I like I feel safe in. I can express myself. Um, but if I'm going to like go out and take the bus somewhere, which I'm not doing a whole lot of these days anyway, um, I, yeah, I tend to, I tend to stick to my like sweatpants and hoodies and (laughs) my comfort clothes. Um, and by comfort clothes, I mean, comfort zone clothes, Um, but I definitely, yeah, there's definitely been a difference. Like sometimes I'll get a look or on a couple of occasions I've been catcalled and really? yeah, just, yeah. What is that experience like? Mm-hmm. I don't get catcalled ever <laughs> for obvious um, reasons. Kind of, kind of surprising. Like it's like, Oh, uh, okay, cool. I'm just going to keep walking, <laughs> but that's a thing now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's um, a whole other thing to unfold, unfurl the fact that, generally guys feel that they have the right to just yell at people. Um, it's happened to my wife. She had someone, she was walking around town in our small little podunk town um, that she was walking. These, these young guys came in their truck as they do. They're always hanging around, you know, main street and whatnot. And, and they came ripping by and they were like calling at her from the window or doing something. And then she kind of ignored them or, or I, I think she ignored them or, or maybe, I don't know if she engaged, but then they did a, a shit rip around the, around the way, or did she cross the street? I forget exactly the details, but eventually they, they kind of, I think they f- came back again. I told her, I was like, find the license plate and report that there's mm-hmm. don't feel, don't feel bad to, 
to call that out as toxic as what it is. Don't just take it. And, you know, especially in this situation where they're basically harassing her as a sole woman walking across, you know, a sidewalk somewhere. Why, why, why do we need to let that slide? And, um, yeah, so I think in the future she probably will, but I, uh, I think she just sort of internalized it as, uh, as happens a lot. I've had the conversation with her many times about kind of the differences between me walking down the street and her walking down the street. And I feel fine in most situations, no fear, no, no concern. Whereas she often has a lot of those instincts that Randy and I may not have, right? Uh, you know, and, and, and it's, especially as white guys, it's, it's another layer of, um, we don't have to worry necessarily so much. It's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting, especially how those blend, like, especially in your situation where you've kind of quote, seen both sides, you know, um, and are continuing in that journey. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's been one of the most fascinating parts of this whole experience for me so far as, uh, having been able to, um, to live on both sides, as you say. Um, and obviously like worth mentioning again, it's not like yin and yang, like black no. and white, um, yeah. but uh, there's definitely, there are definitely different worlds that intersect within our larger sphere of reality. Yeah. Do you feel that yeah. as, as yourself, as you're transitioning or as you transitioned, um, I'm not sure what verb to use, but, um, have you felt that going from whatever stereotypical male to now feminine, um, that you are losing some sort of that patriarchal, I don't know if power is the right word or that sort of, are you, are you feeling a shift as, as you're shifting yourself? If that makes any sense. I think, uh, yeah, I think so. Um, especially as I, um, as I, as I live more truly to my identity, um, I think like any, anytime someone like stands out or doesn't conform to like the norm or the expectation, um, where they live, like whatever that may be, um, they're going to receive, um, attention that they may not want. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or even like special attention, regardless if it's good or bad. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's like for someone in my position who like growing up very much like occupied, like the straight white dude, uh, position for a while, like, albeit as a, as a teenager and as someone who like, wasn't like quote unquote, a white dude, you know, like as a Métis person. Mm -hmm. Um, but like having, having that like, uh, male privilege and, um, that, uh, heterosexual privilege as well. Um, just, uh, yeah, it kind of blinds you almost to a lot of things. Like, I think for any person, it's easy to kind of think that you have the right of it like you're like this is this is my life experience this is what i've seen and this is what i've learned and that's valid yeah. but um yours is just one experience and that's why um that's why like conversation and 
um, just being like open to hearing people's stories and uh, to changing your own mind are so important because uh, yeah, growing uh, yourself is always a good thing. So uh, if, if you change and you become like more, uh, more tolerant or more understanding, or if you, even if you like realize that you've done a terrible thing, I've done terrible things in the past. I'll be the first to, to say that. Um, I think there's a lot of like strength and a lot of uh, character that comes from admitting that. Um, but to kind of bring it back to what you were getting at to begin with, I, I feel personally this kind of touches on something more like sensitive for me almost. Um, a lot of what held me back, at least in the past, in terms of expressing myself more femininely was perhaps, and this is kind of just a theory, but um, a sub, <clears throat> excuse me, a subconscious fear of uh, losing that privilege that I enjoyed, yeah. like in, in being less um, visibly, I guess in not being coded as a straight white dude, then I would no longer be um, a beneficiary of, of the privileges that that demographic enjoys. Um, so there's been like a lot of letting go of uh, certain ways of being, you could say. And uh, yeah, a part of it, yeah, I think part of, part of it for me was like, it was hard to do because it, I had to acknowledge um, the wrongs that I did because I, I just didn't know better. Um, and because I was um, benefiting so much from, from being in that position, um, like, um, yeah, I guess it's like, it's okay to be whomever you are. You can be the straightest, whitest dude ever, you know, like yeah. no one, no one's out to get you. I mean, within reason, <laughs> I think regardless of who you are, there's always someone out to get you, you know, sure. but, um, the average person, regardless of how queer they are, um, or how vanilla they are or whatever, um, they're just trying to like be good people and they're trying to get along with people. And, um, yeah, sometimes to do that, you have to, you have to own up to your mistakes. That's important. Sure. That's and, and to know that it, that it's okay to own up to them, right? Like, like you Absolutely. said, no one's out to get people. I mean, I've certainly said some pretty shitty things in the past. You know, there, you see those Facebook memories pop up, and you go, "Oh boy, I was a, <laughs> I was a very different person back then." But yeah, but it it's it takes a certain strength to acknowledge it and go, "Yeah, I was wrong." And, and people have to know that, like you said, not everyone's out to get you. It's okay to own up to them because growth is a great thing and, and as an adult you should be able to question yourself and and your ideas all the time like that's just it, that's the way it should be and you shouldn't be looked down upon to do that yeah. even as a kid i would say like uh, i think a lot of people when they raise their kids they have like this really rigid idea of how the world works and um the way they want their kids to be raised of course mm -hmm. um but uh, it's important to teach about critical thinking and encourage it <laughs> early and often. 
Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's in short supply these days. Um, I mean, even speaking of kids, like pink was a boy's color until the 50s or 60s or something. And in, in many ways, the boys would be dressed in these white gowns just like the girls were. It was, it was not as, I don't know, commercially one or the other as it is now for many, 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 many decades, right? So for people to assume that, you know, oh, this is how it's always been or that's, oh, that's unnatural. That's the West or, too. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like this is, this is yeah. natural. And this actually, was it you that told me? Some someone mentioned it to me, a story of um, someone had gone to like Africa or something, and um, one of the basically the I I'm gonna butcher it. I don't remember how to paraphrase it properly, but essentially a mother in a village in Africa basically asked like why they why we all um, abuse our children so much. And she's like, well, what do you mean? Well, I've heard that people in in the U.S. or whatever they have a separate room that they put their baby in all by itself for years, and like what right. you know, why would you do that to them? Whereas, because to them it's totally unthinkable to not have them right next to you. Whereas here, the societal norms, this, that, the other thing. Um, but of course, that's neither here nor there. But it's just interesting to say that everything is on a you know on a spectrum, and it's all very different. Um, mm-hmm. To that point, I'm curious. When we had um, my cousin and her fiance um, on the last summer, uh, I asked the same question to to Holly and I believe to both of them. So I'm going to ask you, Mira, what does being queer mean to you? I know that it's a very kind of catch-all term and that's sort of how I interpret it. Um, but what does it mean to be queer to you? Um, well, as you say, it's a broad term. Mm-hmm. To me, it means diversity. Um, And I think if you look at our world, uh, the natural world, it is something that's very inherently queer. Um, Nature at its healthiest and at its its height, I guess you could say, is very diverse, like all uh, rigor and, um, I guess like the health of an ecosystem in a lot of ways you can measure in its diversity. Um, but I feel like I'm kind of running away, uh, on the topic here a bit. Um, (laughs) yeah. And maybe, maybe that kind of, um, kind of puts a light on like my, my idea of it. Like it's very, uh, um, open-ended thing yeah it's all about people living their most authentic lives and um people enabling each other to be uh healthy and happy and um self-expressive in a way that uh that is true to them and not true to some external ideal or um Yeah, it's diversity to me. It's uh, it's diversity and acceptance and and love. Yeah. I've I've also seen you describe yourself as pansexual, but I also thought you had shared something about being asexual. Um, Again, the the terms kind of, you know, are cart going down the hill sometimes, and I have trouble keeping on top of them sometimes. Can you maybe describe also what those mean uh, from your perspective as well? Yeah, yeah. So, 
being pan or pansexual is like uh, being able to be attracted to all genders, basically. Um, and asexuality is another spectrum, like it's a whole category. Um, so a, an extremely ace person um, will be uninterested in sex. Um, like they're just like not down for it. Uh, but because it's a spectrum, you can get people like myself who are kind of like sometimes interested in it or um, interested in it only under specific circumstances or with specific people. Right. Um, and in the past, I, um, I used to be more rigid as well. Like even before, <laughs> it's kind of ironic that when I was in high school, I remember like before I knew about trans identities, really, I would always joke that I was a lesbian in a man's body. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, uh, kind of turned out <laughs> a little serendipitous yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um so for a while i did identify as a lesbian but um yeah i realized that pan is more inclusive of like the full spectrum of um what i experience um and yeah also a note on asexuality um an important distinction that a lot of people draw to is that action does not necessarily equate to attraction mm -hmm. so someone can engage in sexual activity um and not necessarily be like attracted to that sexual activity if For that sure. makes sense sure yeah, absolutely um, that's like the argument that's been used in in like rape cases and stuff where like well you got hard so you must have uh, been up for it you know or vice versa the lady got wet so you must have been um yeah. You must have been all gung ho for it. So it's not rape then. And it's such a stupid, stupid argument, but it's very similar yeah, to that. Horrible. Right? It's a natural response yeah. to an action. Um, and you could be totally repulsed by it. So it's hundred percent. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And there's also, uh, I don't personally belong to this group. Um, at least in my my current self-conception. But yeah. um, it's worth mentioning aromantic people. I feel like they don't get enough love. Okay. They exist. They're out there. Uh, yeah, basically people who aren't interested um, to varying degrees in romantic activities or romantic attraction. Okay. Okay, so then yeah. someone could be... Oh boy. Yeah. So this is, this is quite the thing. So if, if you were say aromantic, but not asexual, you would be down to have sex, but you don't care about like, like the, like the dinner and the candles and the flowers. The and yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you could still be friends with the person. Sure. And, and you could cuddle a friend and have dinner and candles with a friend. Um, but just not from a sexual perspective. Or not from a romantic, romantic perspective. perspective. Yeah. You're not yeah. you're not romantically interested, but you can still have the dinner. I in terms of the kind of bond you have with them, like right. outwardly, like someone looking at that would be like, "Oh, that's a romantic evening," right? But right. Um, in terms of like the feelings involved and the like um, unspoken contract, right? Or maybe it is spoken between the people involved. It's uh, yeah. It'd be like if Rich and I had a nice candlelit dinner. We're not romantically involved. We're just having a nice candlelit dinner. Yeah. as yeah. friends 
Yeah. yeah. And then if you want to like cuddle afterwards and watch School of Rock, then like nothing we haven't done before. Let's be let's, real. I'm in. Let's do it. Yep. <laughs> we both snored now, so it's uh... 100%. <laughs> We would get so if we, if you and I spooned, it would get so sweaty so fast because we're both yeah. we both run hot, just clammy. Yeah. Yeah. It'll just be a battle to fall asleep first, not have to listen to the other one. Oh, I spent almost all of our formative years as friends. If I spent the night at your place, was to fall asleep before you did because you snore like a buzzsaw, and uh, now I snore like a bitch too. So it's it sucks, but. Then I was like, oh, my God, I can't fall back asleep if Randy goes to bed first. So anyway, um, and again, I think that that really highlights the the intricacy and the like we mentioned earlier, the intersection of the, the way that everything is. You could be this, but this, but that, but that, but that. And people from the outside that don't want to accept it, they see that as saying, oh, it's all just silly nonsense, made up bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is totally unfair. Um but it really just goes to show how complicated it can be, but also kind of how simple it can be. You know, if you just sort of accept it as what it is, um, it doesn't have to be that hard, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, and another important thing too, like, I don't know, I feel like especially um, people, um, like people who might be listening to this show perhaps, um, who don't have a lot of um, queer people in their lives. They don't get to have conversations with them. Mm -hmm. Um, An important thing to remember is being queer is just one part of someone's identity. You know, it's like, it's like if I, Reg, met you and all I wanted to talk about was you being straight, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, It's like, right now we're talking about it because that's the theme of this episode right Mm -hmm. um but there's so much else we could talk about we could talk music video games um how much i don't know about sports and (laughs) yeah just well and that's again that's another important thing to mention because when we met in physics class i had no idea of your you know, sexual proclivities or your transition or, or anything. You were just an interesting person at my table having, you know, philosophical discussions with Zach that had nothing to do with anything and just posing really thoughtful, interesting questions and perspectives. And, and that immediately just, you know, gravitated me to you. Cause I, I like surrounding myself with people that like asking questions and having mm-hmm. meaningful discussions about anything. There's, there's really nothing that I, that I, don't like diving in on um so just by nature of that that is more you than you know you being transgender if, again if that makes sense that's sort of a point that i, I want to make for me it's just a different part of me exactly you know? right it, and yeah, the, intersections they all they all combine yeah and there's no different yeah. from anybody else like if even if you're just like you mentioned earlier the straightest white man you'll ever meet that doesn't mean that he doesn't like you know, say you're into you're a straight white man. You like country music and classical music, and then you like, you know, um, soccer, and then you like this and you like that and like that. They might not, they might all, they might all be conventional, but they might not be. But everything connects to make you who you are. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you're a quote man, woman, pansexual, nothing, anything, that doesn't negate the rest, and it doesn't make you anything that you're not. Um, <clears throat> which again, it's kind of the point of having these conversations to learn and to hopefully 
people listening will be impacted in, in some positive way by hearing the conversation. Um, well, as per, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Randy. Okay. I say it's, it's like the quote up on the board, right? You like the wine, not the label. It's like, to me, when I, when I first meet somebody, I like to, I like to work from the inside out. If that makes sense. Like, I don't really care what you look like, where you're from, whatever. I want to know you like, like even meeting you, right? Like now I know you like video games. That's awesome. That's something we can connect on. Right. So, you know, I, outward appearances to me have always been like, well, whatever. Like, are you cool though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. if we can get along and that's cool, that's awesome. I don't care. You know, it's just, I think that's the way uh, we said it before. I kind of wish the world was like shit's Creek where it's just kind of like, yeah, David is who he is and that's what it is. And why is it a big deal? It's not right. Like it, yeah. it shouldn't have to be a big deal. And even you touched on the cat calling and stuff. I hope that we get to a point with like me raising my daughter now, I'd like to get to a point where whatever track she chooses to go in life, that she doesn't have to worry about being left out or excluded and that people will just look at, look at her for her and, and go from there kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think, Mira, do you think that in, in our, maybe in our lifetime or in, in general, we'll get to the point where the, the, the prefix, prefix, prefixes are, still necessary if that you know because right now it's important to delineate to 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 kind of shed light on the struggles and the situations and the and the personal experiences of those dealing with that do you think we'll ever get to the point where it's even if man and woman the 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 names disappear and it becomes something else do you think we'll always have to have like this person is a transgender male or whatever um do you think the it'll continue to evolve into something itself or will kind of always has have those similar kind of terms um i think terms exist within language Mm -hmm. which is in a constant state of evolution and i think being in a situation where everyone's called the same thing is really undesirable um because the more vocabulary we have to describe ourselves and to um to express ourselves, um, the more uh, successful we can be in collaborating and supporting each other. And, oh, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah. I, I hope it didn't come off in the wrong way, but I, I kind of meant not that it would be everybody's grouped together as one thing necessarily, but in a way that, say, it's just you're this instead. You can describe. I, I don't know. I'm not describing it well enough, but. Um, not to necessarily group everybody together, but just to maybe not need the descriptor in the way that we are right now. If that, I don't know. Or maybe, maybe what you're suggesting is like um, a situation where a certain label doesn't have uh, as many like um, ill-founded connotations uh, to some. Like Like we're all generally, (laughs) generally more understanding situation like um like you can have a an identity that a lot of people today might not know about but if you bring it up 10 years from now hypothetically and everyone in the room is like oh yeah cool yeah um yeah yeah. like i yeah (laughs) um yeah i think it's possible and i think a lot of it has to do with what i touched on earlier in terms of um uplifting marginalized voices mm-hmm. um 
people who historically haven't been able to um, express their own narrative um, need to have that opportunity because when someone is reading about, um, I don't know, what's a good example? Like if, if you're gonna read a book about the black experience in America, um, you're going to be much better served reading a book by a black person than some like white scholar, for instance. Right? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Even if they've spent a lifetime analyzing it, it's not going to be as authentic and as and as like uh, as visceral as uh... <laughs> my cat wants to get into the room. <laughs> <laughs> by all means, the more the merrier. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, no, I think that's that's so. Oh, look at that! Look at uh, that! It's Herman. Hello. Herman. Yeah. Oh. Herman. Anybody ever Herman. remember that clip from Magic School Bus? It's Magic School Bus. Bella. Herman. Herman. Um. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, I think you're, I think you're right that there's, the representation is important and. By uh, you know, especially cat representation too. There you go, a little bit of 100%. little bit of kitty love. Yeah. <laughs> um, that could be yeah. one of our no, first think... animal guests on the show. Yeah, probably. I don't think your dog ever made it. My cats have, I think, walked across, so you might have seen mm-hmm. them in passing. But cameo appearances. Yeah, yeah. They're they're too big time for us. <laughs> 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 nice little kitty uh, kitty scarf. With a chill cat. He's, he's super chill. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on. Um, there was a comment from one of our listeners, um, Brian Moore, asked, how is the Winnipeg music scene coping through the lockdowns? Speaking of separate uh, interests as a musician, what? how would you say uh, from your experience or from maybe you know other people in bands that are um, struggling through this time? Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, it's been hard for bands to get together to jam and stuff. Um, I've personally been more involved with the metal scene in the past, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, around when the pandemic started, there was some um, there's some stuff, some some negative things that came to light about members of the scene who had um, engaged in abusive and like exploitative behavior and it was kind of a very like divisive issue um so at that point it almost at least um for a lot of people kind of uh kind of felt like the scene kind of fell apart i think um just with the one-two punch of that happening and the pandemic um right but obviously like there's still all these musicians floating around and a lot of people have like their bedroom projects and that kind of thing that they're doing. And yeah, uh, yeah there's uh, there will always be music in Winnipeg, I believe. It's quite the cultural hub of almost everything. Winnipeg has, it's probably because we spend so much time inside in the cold and everything, everything's kind of dreary. So you got to look outward and kind of express yourself to try and paint some color on this dreary gray city. <laughs> didn't the, didn't the Garrick close one of the, was it the Garrick? One of the iconic venues shut down during COVID, I thought. The zoo and Aussies closed, and that was shortly before the pandemic. I thought there was one uh, after they, it was, became a COVID um, testing site. Uh, 
Was it the Garrick? No. What am I thinking of? It's near the Burton Cummings. I can't remember what it's called. The Garrick is near the Burton Cummings, but I hadn't heard of that happening. Hmm. I don't know. I've kind of been almost deliberately keeping myself out of the loop of what's happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all need to do that sometimes. Disconnect. I like your music. I should I should shout them out. I know you're not really involved with Cerulean Skies anymore, but um, hell, hell of a great. You gave me a couple albums, and uh, I like them a lot. So, um, yeah. So awesome we, to hear. Yeah, no, I like them. I uh, I will say fun. though that um, yeah, the the project's kind of concluding, and I am involved in so far as we're finishing recording the final album. So. Good. Uh, there are any Cerulean Skies fans in the house, woo woo. possibly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's that to look forward to. Yeah. It's, uh, it'll. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, new things to come uh, aside from that as well. For sure. For Thanks sure. for the shout awesome. out, Reg. Yeah, all the time, all the time. Just if you search on YouTube, uh, on Spotify, be careful because there is a Cerulean Skies and it's like a Swedish sleep hmm. people, whatever. Yes. It's very good too, but uh, it's yeah. a different band. <laughs> we get a lot of messages um, from people who like their music asking <laughs> if uh, if they can use it for their projects. And you say yes for a thousand dollars, hundred percent. Yeah, just yeah. transfer the money I to was, this. I account. was reply in Swedish. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> just IKEA with different umlauts over different yeah. uh, different letters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, that's that's actually the secret to being more metal, you know. Is uh, it's true to being more cult. You put umlauts on everything. Yeah, just so nobody knows how to pronounce Almost anything. Everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Um, I don't know, Mira. Are you down to do some? Uh, we often do some would you rather's and some kind of rapid fire type questions, kind of to close out episodes. What What do you think? Are you you still have time? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. I'm always this, down for a game. Yeah. This is an episode. Or, uh, um. Uh, a site that again I haven't pre-read any of these. I'm going right off the site, so we I roughly finished off around here the last time we used this one. So, um, yeah, I think I think we can, yeah, let's start. Um, Mira, would you rather be a giant hamster or a tiny rhino? Um, probably a giant hamster, <laughs> so I could uh, I would have no natural predators and <laughs> um. I don't know. Hamsters really know how to get cozy. Um, like a beanbag chair. But uh, they also have like cheeks that you can store stuff in. And um, I don't know. They have like this really natural like scavenging behavior and like nest building. It's just adorable. I don't know. It tends to be terrifying depending on how big it is. Like if it's a giant hamster. Like oh, yeah. You know, scared. I might have natural predators in that case. Like, you know, like dragon slayers and stuff. If there are giant <laughs> hamsters around. There would definitely be like hunters out there. Or Chinook sure helicopters. Would. Yeah. That pelt would, would be, be formidable, though. Yeah. <laughs> I defy Randy, them. Randy, what's your preference? Giant hamster or uh, tiny rhino? I'm going to alter the question. I want to be a Canadian house hippo. Oh, of course. That, if that's an option. 100%. 100%. Yeah. That's basically what a tiny rhino would be. Adorable. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. um, oh, we got we got house hippos in our house actually. Yeah, I found yeah, we just one of my like, work sites the other day. For a while, we were setting traps, but we kind of just like went with it. <laughs> you just gotta let it roll. You just leave they, the peanut butter. They're actually like super chill. Like Herman likes to play with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
Mira, would you rather meet the Red Hot Chili Peppers or Justin Timberlake? Oh, man, that's a hard one. <laughs> uh, I feel like the Chili Peppers would know how to party. Um, yeah. Justin Timberlake would too, though, probably. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'd have to say the Chili Peppers. Good call. My sister would say Justin Timberlake. Well, yeah. Of course, Randy. Uh, I was on the same track. I think the Chili Peppers know how to party. Uh, I'd probably pick JT though. I'm a big JT fan. I'd like yes. to, to meet the guy, and he seems like a funny dude. Like he does pretty well in comedy movies and stuff. So I think he'd yeah. uh, he'd be fun to hang out with. I'm with you. Also, even if like, okay, here's the logic behind my answer. Um, <laughs> you meet the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You get. Like how many how many Red Hot Chili Peppers have there been? The bands have numerous lineups. There are at least a dozen of them. There's bound to be someone you get along with. True. Justin true. Timberlake is actually like not a very cool guy. I don't know. Like, not my judgment to make. But if you don't if you don't jive, <laughs> then it's just you in a room with Justin true. Timberlake. Very you know? True. Yeah. Good call. Good call. But I have to say Justin Timberlake too because. People, listen, you know, long-term listeners of the show will be aware of my my uh, NSYNC stan-ness. And um, growing up, I was quite the quite the NSYNC head. So, uh, ramen head Justin Timberlake all day. Um, Mira, was Also, I just want to shake John Frusciante's hand. Shake who's no, hand? just like John Frusciante, his guitar playing has been oh. um, <laughs> quite an inspiration. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Um, Mira, would you rather have a dragon or be a dragon? Uh, be a dragon. Yeah. Simply put. <laughs> <laughs> but now the question is Spyro or Smog? <laughs> Definitely Spyro. Yeah. It's a cute little purple dinosaur, yeah. Yeah. Randy, have a dinosaur or be a, or oh, a dragon or be a dragon? Being a dragon would be pretty badass. I mean, there'd be people always trying to like hunt you down, much like the giant hamster. Um, Be unstoppable. Good. I think I might want to have a dragon, just like the raw power you have in having a dragon. (laughs) But uh, yeah, they spiral would be awesome, man. You get all kinds of gems. You know, he's always trying to catch (laughs) eggs and shit. Um, That's true. But, uh, yeah, I think I'd like to have a dragon just because I have a dog and that's like a dragon, I guess. He thinks he's a dragon. Companionship. He does think he's a dragon. Yeah. He's more of a, I don't know what he is. A lizard. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> he's a gecko, not a dragon. There you go. All right. Um, Randy, would you rather have one wish granted today or three wishes granted in 10 years? Ooh. Um... That's a tough one. I would rather have one today. The trick is you use that one and say, I wish that I get my three wishes now. Wow, that's always the back door to that. But I, I would go with one today. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. 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 Not much for, uh, you know. No patience. I got no yeah, patience. Push- <laughs> pushing back uh Ah, oh, there's a term for it that I'm drawing a blank on. Delayed gratification. That's what yes, it is. Yes, that's the one. Um, none of that. Um, 10 years, I'll be 40. I could probably use a wish now. 
Hmm. Yeah, I'd probably probably go with the wish now. Um. All right. Well, I think we've done this one before, but uh, what would your what would your wish be then, Randy? Uh, I can't say it won't come true. Um, <laughs> it's not Christmas wishes. It's genie wishes. Uh, outside of like health and prosperity for my family, I'd probably just wish for some cash. You know, most people could use that and I would put it towards obviously making my family's future better and creating a generational wealth within my family to hopefully do good things with that. Um, you know, give a lot of money to charities that I believe in and I back. Blah, blah, blah. Um, you just want to be rich. We get it. No, it's well, that too. That's obviously a bonus. But like, <laughs> there are segments of society that I believe should be better funded and aren't be that aren't taken care of that I would like to see propped up. And if I had the ability to do that, I would try to do that. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my answer. And if you get a couple of Bugattis while you're at it, no harm, no exactly, problem. Exactly. Right? right? Exactly. Yeah, with you. That's my that's my good deed well done. <laughs> Mira, what, what about you? What would be your wish? That's a really tough one to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, probably just um, a stable, equitable, sweeping revolution. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite the ask. I don't know if uh, Robin Williams has it in him, but um, he'll try. He'll find a way. He'll try. Prince Ali, um, would you, Mira, would you rather be trapped in an elevator with an old lady and her three wet dogs or three fat men with bad breath? Uh, option A. Uh, agreed. Yeah, a yeah. wet dog is still a dog. A all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one doesn't make any sense, but would you rather have your hand stuck in a jar or your head stuck in a bucket? Mira. Uh. Um, probably my hand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could yeah. cut holes in the bucket, and then it's just like a helmet. Yeah, but that's dangerous. Now you're dealing with like a grinder by your eyes and your face. <laughs> yeah. True. You can just true, smash true. the jar. I'm sure you can get at least when your head's free, you can still like navigate and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Become a superhero. Precisely. Um, Buckethead. <laughs> it's just juggernaut. Um, uh, Randy, would you rather give up alcohol for a year or give up your smartphone for a month? Mm. Mm-hmm. Alcohol for a year because I don't really drink as it is. Oh, I'll come I'll drink either. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with alcohol. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. It's boring, but it's easy peasy. Um interesting okay here's one we'll call this one the the last one here mira would you rather only be able to whisper or or, or only be able to shout uh whisper yeah 100 percent. yeah as long as i can still sing i don't know <laughs> no you have to whisper sing i don't know i feel like it would kind of suit me you know i'm already this <laughs> Just, like dubious asmr presence. singing yeah yeah. <laughs> and motherfuckers forgot about Dre. <laughs> uh, Randy, what about you? Uh, probably whisper, because as much as I hate having to repeat myself a bunch, I think <laughs> being loud would just be, it would get obnoxious. So yeah. I would have to pick whispering. 
That's fair. Yeah, I think, uh, um, yeah, I guess we'll go with whispering as well. You can always turn things up. You can't always turn them down, I suppose. That's right. So, um, really quick, I don't, I mean, we kind of did some jovial stuff at the end here, but I, I'm curious, the thought popped in my head as we're going, Mira, um, back to more of the seriousness we were talking about earlier. Do you have people dead naming you a lot? Is that? Uh, is not that anymore. No? Not anymore. Yeah. It's kind of a, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, when you change your name, it's always going to take people some time to adjust, but yeah. uh, once it's done, then yeah, don't have to worry about it. Right. That's good. That's good. And Especially I, when you're meeting new people and you're introducing yourself, it's like they don't even know oh, that yeah. you've ever had a different name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thanks for outing me, Reg. So. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? But in the, and again, that sort of leads into kind of a follow-up in that the rhetoric online is is really combative a lot um, where people are losing their minds at people making honest mistakes or misgendering or mispronouncing or mis-anythinging. Um, and that's sort of then a lot of people get really worried about using the wrong vocabulary when they're not meaning to be a dick. You know, we all know those people that would refuse to call anybody anything that they don't personally agree with and those Mm -hmm. people suck we don't need to worry about them but um i think it's important to realize that that but they still exist they do they do and i hope that they come around but it's also important to acknowledge that we can make mistakes um and i feel like you've been really gracious mira at least with me because i've i've definitely apologized for accidentally misgendering you as, as well um and um because again I had never interacted with a transgender person in my life that I knew of until we met. And I'm, I'm glad we did to, to have this opportunity for growth. Um, but I think your, your response is, is seems a lot more helpful to the general worldness, even if it's not often fair to you, the fact that you're, you're able to kind of take it with grace and, um, use it as a learning experience than to get angry, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think I, I can speak from a position of privilege in that um, it's not deeply upsetting to me to like be misgendered or to, um, or to have someone, I mean, it, it is upsetting if someone were to challenge my identity, for instance, which I have had happen. Oh, is that right? um, but even, even in like, like challenging the validity of my identity, I mean, yeah. but even in that case, I tried to do what I could to stay calm and have a conversation with them. So right. I guess like to my fellow queer individuals, if you feel that someone is um, being harmful in how they address you or how they speak about you, um, or even in the way they treat you, um, it's always better, almost always better to um, address that or to uh, bring it up with them in a constructive way rather than in an antagonistic way. Mm -hmm. Um, But for a lot of people, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. Um, To people on the other side of things who um, maybe are trying their best to be accommodating and to be, um, uh, to make people feel welcome and accepted but are still making mistakes um that's okay too 
But the important thing to remember is if someone does react um, strongly to your mistake and, um, and you feel attacked yourself, um, it's never too late to take a deep breath and, and think that maybe there's a reason for their reaction. For sure. they, they could be coming from a place of pain, like it's a sensitive topic for them. Yep. or a sensitive uh, experience for them. Um, or maybe they're just having a bad day. Um, and I guess like likewise for, um, yeah, for queer people, like if someone's being shitty like, <laughs> and, and they're, not, they're not listening to you and you're trying to tell them that, um, like maybe, maybe there's a reason for their shittiness. For sure. Like, mm-hmm. I think we can all just do with a little more empathy. Um, but again, like I'm, I'm, I'm a privileged person. It's easy for me to say this and to speak from my own experience. Um, it's always important to remember, I guess the long and the short of it, the big takeaway is you never know what's going on in someone else's head or in Mm -hmm. someone else's life. And, um, the world would be a better place if we could all be more patient and compassionate with each yeah. other well it's just like with with the race discussion when 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 so many people have um you know when 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 someone who claims to say be an ally or something and then they misstep and then they feel guilty and bad and then expect the person of color to then comfort them in their moment right. of grief so now the the person has experienced outsized racism and now also has to coddle you know, the privileged person that's suddenly feeling lost or, you know, it's, it's similar right. to that in that it's not fair, but, um, sometimes that's, it happens. Um, and there's a, there's also the, um, angle of apologies to consider. Yeah. Like if someone missteps and they apologize for it, often they expect, uh, the person receiving the apology to be like, Oh, it's okay. I You've forgive you. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not about that. They, when you apologize to someone, it's about the person that you've wronged yeah. and regardless of how they respond to your apology, you have to be okay with that. 100%. Yep. Yeah. That's, and it's a science. It's a thing that many people aren't good at it. It often becomes, I'm sorry, I'm so shitty or I'm sorry, I'm this, I'm sorry, buddy. Cause it's about you feeling bad as opposed to the person to whom you're apologizing. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, damn. There was one more question I was going to touch on that I just lost. Uh, Oh, I mean, this is a bit of a heavy one to touch on, but I think it's important to mention. Um, in your experience, Mira, what would you say to people that say that being transgender is just a mental illness or something of that sort? Um, how would you respond to that if you feel comfortable doing so? Oh, did she freeze? Um, up? Oh, there you are. I would, I would come at it from from my own, from my own experience, kind of there, if they're, if we're talking like, if, if it's a two way discussion, as any conversation should be, I'll, I'll tell them where I'm coming from, mm-hmm. what my experience has been. Um, and I'll pepper that with facts and knowledge that I've picked up over the years. And, um, yeah, anything more would depend on, um, how they respond to that and what their arguments are. Just, uh, 
yeah, trying trying to educate rather than uh, rather than feel like I'm defending myself necessarily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which because might not like, work, I'm but... I'm. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say it might not work, but it's it's probably the right way to go. Yeah, and I like to think like, well, um, yeah, I was gonna say like. I don't feel the need to defend myself because I feel secure in my identity. Um, I don't feel like there's anything anyone can say to like undermine um, who I am or like what I'm doing. And if they, if they do, then maybe that would be productive in the end. Right. Like there's always something to be gained from realizing that you're wrong about something and it's okay to be wrong. Um, But Reg, like you say, someone, might come away from that conversation like okay that person is crazy and i'm not gonna buy into word of what they're saying but you know they were really like i was able to talk to them they were really um like i don't know they they, they said things in a way that maybe like think about them in a way that i hadn't before yeah. and even if even if they don't um come out of that with like a changed mind i think there's like a seed planted there you know it's, yeah. It kind of humanizes um, yeah. a certain identity for them. Yeah. Like if they hear that I'm trans and like you, they've never met a trans person before, but perhaps have a, um, not like you have a less, uh, um, less positive opinion of what being trans means. They, mm-hmm. uh, they come up, come out of it with like, they come out of it having met a trans person and having had like that genuine human experience yeah. with them. And an, and an open dialogue for sure. Yeah. That's that almost huge. more than anything else can, can be a uh, world changing, I think. Yeah. And that's just that humanizing it, that, that point planting seeds, humanizing and, and really just showing that people exist. Like it's so easy to, to stay in uh, your secluded family circle or whatever, and just wax poetic about how, this is that or this is whatever and they're all mm-hmm. full of shit or something having never met or interacted with someone of say it's um, someone on a spectrum of any sort of sexuality or a different race or it, the intersections between marginalized people it's, it's basically any of that it's so easy to stand on your soapbox in your protected area and say ah they only want this and they suck and you know blah blah mm-hmm. blah without ever having asked anybody in the community it's it's very it's very powerful to to really have those interactions um so here's hoping and that's sort of what these types of episodes on the show are for we're often very silly and we have a good time and you know we swear a lot and say stupid things um but i hope that within all that we can find episodes and kernels of nuggets of goodness that uh, hopefully plant a, a forest in someone's mind. Right. Uh, We're nothing if not people who just want to create dialogues with mm-hmm. with other people. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for, for giving me, I don't want to say a soapbox, <laughs> the, <laughs> the opportunity to express who I am and yeah. uh, my 100%. worldview a bit. Yeah, I hope that, I hope that uh, there are people out there who... I gain from it or who learn from it. Yeah. Or at least are entertained by it. Yeah, yeah. that at the very least. I mm-hmm. hope uh yeah. I hope we did so maybe not tastefully. I'm not that worried about being tasteful, but at least being respectful and um and um honest. And I, I hope hope that you gain something from it too. If that whatever that's worth. 
For sure. And yeah, if anyone's out there and they do want to have a conversation, I don't know, I might, I might rue my saying this, but um, I'm pretty easy to find online. Like if you want to have a conversation about like food or trees or anything really, I, I'm pretty open to uh, just about anything. So love that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. If anybody's listening and wants to reach out to Mira, if you want to do it directly, hit us up, we can connect you um, and have more and more of these conversations. Like even, even living in Steinbeck where we live uh, and in the surrounding area, which is a conservative bastion of just fun and wonderfulness and in many ways. Um, in other ways, it's, it's really positive and it's really in some minor ways, progressive. Um, mm-hmm. Randy and I walked in the first bride parade in Steinbeck, not knowing that uh, we would be all by ourselves. As <laughs> <laughs> there's a big gap in front, a big gap behind. Randy and I, did we hold hands? I, I think remember. at one point we did. I don't I think recall, we did. Though. We're like, you know what? Fuck them. So then we yeah, um, fuck them, whatever. Yeah. So we we were on I think the CBC website or something, and uh, just <laughs> two two hetero guys just wandering <laughs> down the street just happened to be separated from the group in front and back as though you know we're just like yeah, let's fucking do it. But yeah. Anyway, I think that's. that's I'm. Uh, yeah. Thanks for being good allies. Oh, we try. We try. We try. <laughs> it's all we can do. That's all we can do, right? With anything. That's what matters. That's all we can do. Um, mm-hmm. We should also, speaking of allies, mention the 215 um, children that were found under the residential school in Kamloops. Um, we've had many conversations with Indigenous folks on this show mm-hmm. regarding residential schools and experiences. A friend of ours was on the show. His mom was taken from their front yard by you know Indian Act people to go sent to the school. Um, luckily she survived, but you know, many, many thousands of stories of people that whose lives have been ripped apart by these just insidious, disgusting organizations. And the fact that, you know, we get a tepid apology, whatever year that was now, I shouldn't say we, the world got that Mm -hmm. apology, but I meant, you know what I mean? Um, and, but somehow the churches involved aren't getting, prosecuted you know there's there's been really no real justice for these situations that i'm aware of um and then when you find these giant halls like that picture i think it was the vancouver art gallery where they laid out the 215 pairs of children's shoes on the front step Mm -hmm. just breaks your heart and i don't have kids um but i'm surrounded by kids randy has a daughter now Mm -hmm. like it people need to really internalize that and think about what if that was your child as young as three years old getting sent to these schools and then buried underneath it? Like, yep. How can we just keep this going on without talking? It f- fucking blows. On top of having your culture and your identity. Exactly. Snuffed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As though that wasn't bad enough, right? It's. Yeah, it's uh, it's awful. <sighs> it's disgusting. But if you listen to certain people, it's the white straight men that are the most. Um, pre- <laughs> um, um, Wow, we're, we're 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 the most marginalized people marginalized. Uh, in yeah. the world. If yeah. you really ask the right people, then you know that we're the ones that are in trouble <laughs> here. Um. <laughs> Terrible. Just hear the eye rolls, eh? Um, <laughs> all right, Mira. Is there anything else you want to plug? Websites, social media stuff, anything you got going on that uh, you want people to know about? Um. Uh. I'll just say, be kind to the earth and be kind to each other. And uh, 
it's okay to make mistakes and um, everybody it, everybody is always learning ideally yeah we'll, keep learning we'll, folks. we'll all heal eventually yeah let's hope let's yeah. hope move yeah, forward together yeah all right mira well thank you for joining us i think uh we touched on a lot of important things and i think there's plenty more ammo in the tank for us to to do future episodes i hope and uh here's hoping that uh, that we yeah. all like i said learn together move forward together be kind rewind you know let's do everything um we can to to make a better society for sure it's been a pleasure to meet you uh i appreciate meeting you and i hope we get to talk again soon in the future yeah likewise thanks for having me you guys we need to get a D game going together yes. oh yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you name the, name the day name the time i'm in we're gonna have once covid's gone uh mandy won't let me forget it that we're gonna have to have a garage party um with the class so uh, oh yeah should be yeah. fun <laughs> all right mira well thanks so much Man. enjoy your day same to you all the best everybody Cheers, you bet Bye. This episode of the Two Days Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Father's Day is coming and the weather is catching heat. If you live in Manitoba, you definitely know it will. Whether you have a dad bod, like me, or rocking a six-pack, not like me, make sure you and your dad are smelling nice and shaved where it matters most. Make your dad proud this year, finally, and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne by Manscaped. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and Refined Cologne is perfect for you and the dad in your life to complete your grooming game. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code IDIOTS at manscaped.com. We've all been there. We all need uh, you know, to clean up once in a while, especially summertime in the heat. Keep things smooth. Keep things sleek. Jumping in the pool. You know, slipping slides, drinking beer, living life. Uh, so we basically need to uh, stay on top of that. And... You know, we all get a little stinky, so get yourself some cologne. Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, just dropped their lawnmower 4.0. And I hope you're excited for this as me, because this thing is legit. This fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. None of that is new if you've listened to the show for a while. Do you travel a lot? Then, the 4.0 is the perfect trimmer for home and on the go. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on and off switch, uh, gives yourself a precise shave with the 4000K LED spotlight, and it's waterproof, so you can shave your balls in the dark, the shower, or anywhere your heart desires. The middle of the woods, your backyard, camping, do it at, do it wherever. It also even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths, new wireless charging system. Fellas, it's time to pull a plug on wired trimmers and your wild bush. After you guys have clean balls, clean up your cologne game with the refined cologne from Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, the cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. If the old man is smelling a little funky, as old men tend to do, this cologne is a surefire way to change that and make him the talk of the summer. The man of the house deserves to smell like a king. Whether it's a gift for you, your dad, or the men in your life, choose Manscaped. Get 20% off at manscaped.com with the code IDIOTS, that's I-D-I-O-T-S, at manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped.
Awesome. Well, all right. Now, Randy and I, like I said, I, I hope that that was a, a good little jumping off point to hopefully get a bunch of really powerful conversations going um, within the tip community and beyond um, to celebrate, commemorate, you know, all those other adverbs or adverbs, whatever word I'm thinking of to describe <laughs> Pride Month. Let's hope that um, we keep moving that ball forward. 100%. Yeah. So. We gonna we're gonna have to rattle through these outros really quick because I'm gonna wet myself. So, um, <laughs> but I gotta get def- running. So let's uh, let's give her. Yeah. So definitely let's uh, let's say shout out to Mira for joining us and, and reach out if you are someone who might have some questions or comments or something um, that she could help you out with. Um, Absolutely. On any number of topics, <laughs> she's very well versed. Um, but yeah, so definitely if you're on social media, go to Instagram, type in Two Idiots Podcast, hit us a follow. On uh, Facebook, we're Two Idiots Podcast. On Twitter, Two Idiots Show. And on YouTube, we are Two Idiots Podcast. Uh, hit us up by email, doubleidiotspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts and, and anything you might have to talk about. Uh, you can also find us at patreon.com slash Two Idiots Podcast. We have four different tiers, three, five, seven, ten dollars if you feel so inclined to donate to the show and uh, help us out, get some better equipment in here to make the experience better for you guys. Yep. That is what we're looking to do. You can also go to help support the show to manscaped.com and use the code idiots at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Boom, boom, boom. Um, quickly go through the Patreon uh, Hall of Fame. I'm going to go pee and then we'll quickly close it out. One sec. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. So... As we said before, you've heard before, we have uh, at the $7 and above tier, you get a shout out and our idiot Hall of Fame. In the Hall of Fame this week, as my computer loads, we have a Janet Gooden. Much appreciated for your donation. We also have Mitchell Buck Pierce Buckers. Shout out to Mitchell Buckers for allowing us to butcher his name week in and week out. We also have Brian Moore. Brian who has been sending dick pics to the emails and to myself, you know, keeping in, uh, you know, there's all kinds of uh, stone ones, whale ones. It's been good. It's been fun. Uh, Big Drew, Drew McDonald, also throwing us a donation. We much appreciate it, buddy. We have Kayla Lumberg on behalf of her and Jordan Peters. As Red just said before, an episode you're going to hear after this, not the first friend whose dick we've seen. And also uh, we have my mother, Danny Duick, we, uh, we appreciate you. She's kind of the, the show mother, as it were. And, uh, yeah, thank you to all of you who love us just a little bit more than some of the other people. So we give you a special shout-out. Um, Reg is still peeing, so I'm just going to keep rambling. We appreciate all the support uh, for this show. Um, anytime someone reaches out and tells us they've been enjoying it, uh, we hope episodes like this can, can create, as we said, open dialogues for people to to gestate on things, to take things in and hopefully um, broaden your, your perspectives and your horizons a little bit and, uh, and create the opportunity for, for change. Yeah. What Randy said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before we go, I want to definitely go, you know, join the 80 hall of fame. If you like us a little bit. Um, We also like to read comments from Patreon. So real quick, I'm out of breath running to the bathroom. Um, (laughs) So in response to Two Idiots 118 with Brianna Seawald, uh, Mitchell Buck Pierce Buckers, good friend of the show, he wrote, um, very nice to hear Brianna's story. I did tear up a bit. It's amazing how she was overcome so how she has overcome so much, and I wish her the best in the coming days ahead. 
Couldn't agree more, Mitch. You're absolutely 100%. right. Um, it was kind of hard to not tear up. I think Randy was blubbering on the inside the whole way. Pretty much, yeah. I'm. Uh, it was. Uh, it's emotional. I mean, it's. Uh, it's a tough. It's a tough story. Uh, something to hear, but perseverance coming out of it is uh, is the big message we can we can all get out of that. Is just keep going no matter what life throws your way, and uh, yeah, keep on keeping on. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just exactly. keep swimming, swimming, swimming. <laughs> what do we do? We swim. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. All right, folks. Well, hope you enjoyed. Um, here's hoping we bring you a whole lot more of uh, some quality audio entertainment. Yes. Quality. Yes. All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening. Um, yeah. Enjoy your, enjoy your day, week, month, year. And uh, we will talk to you on the flip bye. side. Bye-bye. Thank you.